Okay, well, we are live from the uh, Twin Peaks Cafe up in North Bend, Washington. And uh, somebody that hasn't been around the boards for a while, but reuniting with them today. We're hanging out, having some lunch. Thought we'd do a podcast, and that's uh, Coop Dog, a.k.a. the Sweatpants General. And uh, say hello to the peeps. Hey, fellas and ladies. <laughs> Actually, there's ladies in today's gender questionable uh, environment that could mean a lot of things. So I apologize to you non-binaries out there. So, anyways, we thought we would just throw together like a 20-minute podcast and talk about, you know, the state of the program, the Pac-12, and how much we don't care. Uh, so, <laughs> um, actually, why don't we, well, first of all, let's start off by, you know, you haven't been around the boards much. Sounds like that you, you gave a teaser post the other day about how you were going to uh, be posting something very important, and then you did a uh, D.B. Cooper act there. and That's kind of what I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, what I was trained to do, 27 years in the Army. Uh, yeah, that was kind of in, in anticipation of uh, doing a podcast with you, perhaps. If not, I was going to uh, let go with some huge news that I'm not going to share now because we're doing a podcast, so I'll share it later. Um, uh, you mean on the boards? or On the boards. Oh, okay. So I'll have, I'll have more to come. Just kind of trolling. I, I hadn't honestly been on there in a long time to see who'd even survived the, the purge you know, of, of uh, giving a fuck. Ability and all that. Kind but when of you say purge, uh, may it be real clear here. I, Stalin has not purged anybody, so that, no, that's people, not what I've heard. People, oh. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the only interaction I've had is when I jokingly said something about FTG and I was referring to Sway, and one of your oh, that was uh, one of your cronies said I was coming after you and cussing you out on Twitter or something. Yeah, like that this. was not on the boards though. No, so no, that no, was in, uh, that I was know. our little. Uh, I popped into Twitter to let people know. Live a few weeks ago too, and I think it was Grundle that saw my my tweet and misunderstood so, the uh, the deal. Yeah, um, it's all good. No, I know. Um, so, what what were you gonna ask me? Oh, well, just before <laughs> we started talking about how we don't care about Husky football anymore, we were gonna just talk. About, uh, you wanted to give an explanation to the folks about uh, where you've been. So, oh well, I've been around, you know. Um, that was a terrible Al Pacino there. Wasn't it? Um, well. Lots been going on, a lot of personal and professional things. I've been working on uh, a lot of school the last couple of years. A lot of, uh, I went to Tibet and did a lot, it was in a monastery for three years and I did nothing but meditate and eat uh, potash. I don't know what potash is. And you logged on to Hardcore Husky. And I logged on to Hardcore Husky with my mind. <laughs> okay, I didn't do any of that. But uh, I've been working on, I should have my PhD sometime, probably less than a year from now. Uh, I've been working towards that. Um, been doing some volunteer stuff with the VA and veteran stuff, although I'm not really a fan of hanging out with veterans very much because we're a bunch of pre-down pieces of shit sometimes. Um, and lots of family stuff. Um, you don't feel that way about Seek Fetter's Nacho Lover, though, right? Oh, God, I'd love to love that Nacho Lover. <laughs> There's a lot to love. Is there still a lot to love there? I haven't seen a photo. There's a lot to love. Still a lot to love there. Perhaps I should personally train him. I don't, I don't know. Maybe a volunteer to do that. I think he still wants to remain at the undisclosed location, but he's back east, is all I'll say. So. Is that site still up? I honestly haven't looked at. Uh, Which site are we talking about? Dogman, or whatever it's called these days. What brought up Dogman? Isn't that where Sea Fetters. Oh, you're talking about our Sea Fetters, not oh, Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Sea Fetters did not refer our, to himself as a. Oh, did he survive the Chicago purging that's going on back there, all the fires and stuff like that? Isn't that where he's in the greater Chicago area? Well, I think uh, for the sake of this podcast, he doesn't want people to know where he is or whatever. But uh, oh, sorry, he used to live in Chicago. He still lives back east, and we'll leave it. Okay, at that. I didn't know but, that. Uh, I thought everybody knew that he was back there. I thought I remember him posting that on. If he did, I, I could be wrong. Okay. But, uh, well, and, and if not, I am really sorry, my brother. <laughs> my battle. His address sorry, is. 
won't happen again. Um, that's too much S2. Yeah, I wouldn't be talking about the actual sea fetters, but uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, see, it's been so long I actually got Chris Fetters, <laughs> Sea Fetter Nacho Lover. Now, Sea Fetters Nacho Lover is uh, he's probably. Uh, he's a great guy. 6'1 and a Svelte 200, we'll say. Svelte 200. He'll correct I, me on the board, so if I'm wrong. But. I, I am straight as an arrow, but if I was not, if I was the kind of man that would love a man, I'd probably love that man. Not left. Yeah, <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we? Uh, no, we I've just been involved in a whole lot of stuff, personally, professionally, and all that stuff. And uh, I said stuff way too many times already. Just with everything going on with Husky football, and we'll talk about it. And okay. Just sports in general, some of my disenfranchisement of those types of things drifted away. I kind of needed to, like a lot of people. Uh, hardcore Husky was a bit of an addition for me for a while, even if I wasn't posting. Uh, as you know, I was with one of the original groups that, uh, I'm a, I'm an OG when it comes to hardcore Husky and I know some of the OG drifted away and that was kind of hard to see. And so I kind of drifted away with some of them too, although I am in contact with them in a different form for the most part. Um, and before but, we started recording here, we were talking about Thomas Fremont and his yes. unfortunate departure. Little Tommy. I miss Tommy. Free I do. Me. Yeah. I missed him telling me I was wrong about absolutely everything and that the military sucks and was full of fascists. But we loved him, though. I do so, love him. I'm but, uh, just distracted. That was, I don't know what that is out there. Sorry, that was so, like Howard Stern wearing a miniskirt. Should that be the episode title? <laughs> okay. Really, did it not? Why, I only saw a brief oh my God, thing that was, that was amazing. Okay, um, anyway. You can't tell what masks did. So I'd say that... Um, I would say this is something I was thinking about when I was driving here this morning that about 10 years ago or so, 12 years ago, there was a uh, podcast episode from the Husky Half Brains, which was Ray Spannon and I Dog. Yep. And one of their episodes talked, it was actually the title of it was uh, Half Measures and Almost. I remember that very well. And that one, of course, was relating to, you know, Emmert and uh, uh, Todd Turner and, and Scott Woodward and everything sure. that was going on with the program at that time. Sure. Um, and uh, Willingham was going through his own 12 when they recorded that particular one. But that that title really uh, is, is pertinent when we're talking about what's going on with the Pac-12 right now. And it's just like this. Um, somebody wrote a really weak article the other day, and I don't remember who it was, but it was talking about how the Big Ten has now left the Pac-12 at the altar. So it's like, is that supposed to be, you know, what does that say about the Pac-12 and how we're actually you, you know, it's like we're this right. spurned bride. It's you know, everybody else is playing football, and then we're still doing this that mamby pamby dance about a COVID situation that is questionable at best right now. I mean, what was it? Two or three days ago in all of King County, there was a total of one death. I think it was uh, I think it was last Wednesday. Right. Mm-hmm. And and yet we're still everything's you know you can't go to church and this kind of thing and everything's locked down or so many things are locked down and everybody's forced to wear a mask in every single business and um, and and the Pac-12 still doesn't want to play football and it's just like um, <laughs> never mind the the financial ramifications of, of what this means uh, in terms of no revenue coming in and everything but then it's like well the Big Ten then. I think through uh, largely through like pressure from advocacy groups of like the parents of Ohio State players and things of this nature, they bring that pressure to bear. A little bit of help, perhaps, from President Trump. Now they're going to play, and now all the major conferences are playing except the Pac-12. And so suddenly the Pac-12 talks about how they are going to now 
uh, start a season as early as late October. Wait a minute, I thought there was a, a pandemic going on, you know? Right. Is there a pandemic going on or isn't there a pandemic right. going on? So right. what's your reaction to what I'm saying? Globally, let me just say this, that you are looking at the end result of not just years, but decades of, how can I put it? When I was a kid growing up in high school, for instance, in this little logging town in the Pacific Northwest, the pussies, the pansies, and the idiots shat, sat in the back of the class keeping their mouth shut because they didn't want the smart kids to make fun of them or the big kids to beat the shit out of them. That's all reversed. Now the pansies, the pussies, and the idiots are in charge. That's really what's it's really that it's really that simple. Social media's had a lot to do with it. A lot of the backlash, you know, toxic masculinity or any of this stuff. Uh, that's a bunch of happy horse shit. Um, things that don't make America great or culture great. And I, I'm not some right-wing Bible thump and do or anything like that, but we've lost our soul, so to speak, in this country. And when that reflects on something that I thought was so pure and beautiful, like college football, that, I guess, more than anything else, is what's caused me to disconnect. Um, I can tell you this, too. I don't know how many times, uh, not having been in the Army my entire adult life, up until I retired several years ago, I have friends from all over the country. They grew up all over the country. Lots of people from, you know, the Big Big Ten, Big 12, um, Southeast Conference, you know, kids that went to school in those colleges. And always, always lately, when we do talk football, I still owe a buddy of mine back in uh, Penn State that I was roommates with at Fort Hood, a salmon when they beat us in the Rose Bowl. But anyway, um, you make good not the Rose Bowl, I'm sorry. I know what you mean, the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Um, and he even said something to me in a private message the other day. It's like, when are you guys going to join one of the one of the real conferences pac 12 just doesn't suit your program and the history of your program i would say us and usc should just pack up and move to a different conference but we're that's not our dna though we don't have it's mike glued at the it's, helm anymore it's not and unfortunately um i think it used to it used to be a lot different than seattle but i went to visit as a kid is not the seattle of today and that campus all the way down to the athletic department is so completely influenced by the politics in that city and in the metroplex of the Pacific Northwest that it's uh, it's had a disgusting effect. And I don't, you know, I was not a friend of, who was that asshole over on the dog man who used to post those long rambling, the rich guy, whatever his name was, he called the Larry Scott backhand Larry. Oh, that was, uh, I know his real name, but I'm trying uh, to think. Uh, 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 Andy. Andy, yeah. <laughs> Stuttering Andy. <laughs> I know his real name too, but uh, anyway. Um, he was right about Larry Scott, by the way. What a total... I miss I miss the old days of the Pac-12. That's how bad this guy's been for us. Because I mean, we used to lament about Tom Hansen and uh, yes. we need to get rid of this guy and move into the 21st century or whatever. Yes, yes. And, uh, Shit, I would rather... Backhand Larry. So. Back in the day when we got penalized by the Pac-12 and, you know, for uh, for uh, small transgressions under his arms. Shit, I'd like that guy back compared to this guy. I can't remember the name of the Pac-12 commissioner back then, but uh, Tom Hanson. Was it Tom? Was it? I yeah, thought there was something before yeah. that. Okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay, yep. okay. Um, the one that was in USC's pocket. Um, uh, I said that out now. No, it's allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I mean, I I don't remember who was before Tom Hanson, but I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Hey, it doesn't matter. But I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but I, I think it's all the above. I think it's the effect of that. Um, you know, I have not been a big fan of a lot of the changes. I can say I've been wrong about three things 
about UW in recent years. Jake Browning. <laughs> oh, you and I clashed oh, on that a did. little bit. We I remember that. Early, early in our podcast. Jake Browning. Yeah, i got to take that one on the chin. Um, the fact that uh, our current athletic director was a train wreck. Yeah, she hasn't been in a lot of ways. I, I admit that. There, she's done some good things. And the fact that uh, our coach that stepped down fairly recently was going to take us back to national championships. I was wrong about those three things. Um, this, The way this coaching change happened, uh, ugh, I'm not happy with that. I'm not saying this guy can't coach, just the recruit. It's such a combination of everything. And the Pac-12 being so ridiculously politically correct and careful and, you know, whatever Half happened. measures it almost. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I think that sums it up perfectly. Whatever happened to you, let's assess and, and figure it out. Let's assess and make a decision. Let's assess and make not. I mean, you recently heard the, um, uh, what's her name in California, say, well, we're probably going to open up schools right after the election. Yes. Arbitrary. Oh, gee, I wonder what that has to do with anything. This, I think. Whatever happened to, let's see what's going on and assess and reassess. Let's try, let's put our toe in the water, let's do this, let's do that. Nope, not happening. We're just a victim of the politics and it's affected sports fans. And I'm sick. I'm just sick of it. I mean, shit, I cared more when Willingham was the coach. I guess out of hatred more than anything else. Kind well, of like, you know? Well, I mean, like, if you, you mentioned Willingham and it's like we watched that 0-12 season. Did you and write a book about him? Like, you know what? Well, Puppy had the idea that I should. <laughs> Were you there for that? <laughs> I was. I was. And, uh, it's a great idea. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to look into that. Um, but, you know, at that point, uh, everybody comes to terms with the the, uh, the reality of the situation at different times and in their own pace, at their own pace. Right. And it's like but we all watch that 0-12 season unfold. Right. And, uh, you know, not to... Not to uh, Eat a dead horse because that's all water under the bridge. But I was there for every minute of every game. Um, it was, you know, it was really awful, and um, um, and we don't even need to rehash all the uh, Sark stuff or you know, do good things. Um, so uh, I need to get back on track. What was my point? Uh, I was going to respond to what you were saying. Oh, Willingham, uh, water under the bridge. Half measures and almost, and what the Pac-12 is doing. Um, Basically, I guess what I'm just trying to ultimately get to is that it's, it's everything is just weakness. It's just weak and it's soft. And then, um, you know, that's exactly right. The University of Washington had the they they encouraged people to deface the George Washington statue. And you could say, what does that have to do with the football program? And right. it does and it doesn't. But the point is, is that it points to what the what the culture is like up there and what the why would you why would you encourage the student base to come and deface the statue of George Washington? You know what I'm saying? Um, and now they want oh, you know that whole manner in which it, they uh, sent out those emails and trying to get people to uh, donate their money or roll it over to the next year. And then the people that said they want their money back, they send out an email and give a phone call saying, you know, would you please reconsider? If you're not putting out a product. Why? You know, I, right. Um, and so, financially speaking, if you know, if the if I found out tomorrow that the University of Washington uh, had to just shut down the whole program, I wouldn't lose a minute sleep over it. So, uh, my connection to this program is 
as a hardcore Husky and uh, the community that we have there. And that's why uh, I, I do what I do with this. And uh, But I, my, my whole allegiance to that program is completely obliterated in con. And uh, just like with... Ronald Reagan once said about the Democratic Party, where he said, uh, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party left me. Right. That's, that's kind of how I feel about the Husky football and what it stands for now is just... You You and I were once talking a few years ago, and we weren't talking about Husky football per se, but you, we were talking about various sports writers in the region. And we started talking about Jerry Brewer, and you said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, your exact word to me was, you go, I don't know, I read him and it's just squishy. <laughs> I do remember that. And, and, and that's that's how it is now with the, the whole football program. And as we were talking about before we started recording here, as I was telling you about an exchange I had with a friend of mine who's a big-time Duke, and he's saying, well, you can't expect Jimmy Lake to be doing any recruiting right now when we've got COVID going on and the pandemic <laughs> yeah. and everything. I go, well, it doesn't seem to be stopping that guy in Eugene from doing any Absolutely. recruiting. Um, our guy's too busy trying to you know sign up the players for voting or whatever. Uh, there's no recruiting going on that, that, that matches uh, what's going on with the crystal ball. So, Well, and, and in real life, politics or, or I should say civic and, and world events affecting things that we love that should be outside of the Who yeah. the fuck would want to come to Seattle right now as an 18-year-old if you're not into running around and you know burning things down? And It's, it's an awful place. It's an awful place, and I hate that because I lived in Seattle a lot of my adult life, as you know. Went to UW. I actually, in my heart, still love the city, but it's kind of, they're synonymous now. My love for the program is symbolic. Kind of my love for the city is symbolic. I remember the Seattle life. I'm sure it's still alive and well in some parts in Seattle. Um, I remember the other thing I was going to say, if I can interject real quick. Of course. Um, is that I was having a, a conversation uh, maybe two months ago with uh, Sway. And he said that the Seattle of the 1990s, and he is somebody like yourself that's traveled all over the world. Right, right. Through, uh, you know, Jiffy Lube and working, of Jiffy course. Jiffy Lube, yeah, yeah, yeah. They transfer those managers around all the time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, but anyways, he was the head of the Bureau he, of Indian Affairs for quite some time, too. And, and I'm sorry, say it again. He was the head of the Bureau for Indian Affairs yes. for quite some time as well. So, <laughs> in his government job. Um, but he, he made a comment to me that he said that the Seattle of the 1990s is one of the greatest places on earth. Without question. And, and you think back to all the things that were going on at that time in addition to Husky football. But, um, you know, he had everything from uh, grunge music to King Griffey Jr. to, you know. Um, uh, I was bouncing at the Phoenix Underground on weekends. Seinfeld. You know. oh, <laughs> it. Such a great fun place. I had no money to my name and I didn't care. Seattle was wonderful. Mm. And, oh, by the way, we kind of had a cool product on the football field as well. Yeah. yeah. Even though it deteriorated. It did. Everybody would agree it deteriorated over time throughout that decade, except for Pop. Pop would not agree with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lambeau is awesome. Like, uh, he will be missed. <laughs> Uh, uh, talk about pop, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. T's and P's. Yeah, that's one of the. No, one it, I sways one hundred percent right. That's this. That's the city I have in my head. I always will. Um, it's 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 hard. It's uh, you and I. I remember laughing a lot about a, a podcast that we had where I was comparing the program at that point under Sark to like the girlfriend who was hot at one time and then she ate a bunch of donuts. And you said something more like the girlfriend who got acid thrown in her face. No, no, no. I, I think I pissed my pants twice, spilled my vodka. No, you said dropped my cigar on my nuts, something like. No, I, we both lost our, our S on that one, but. Um, no, you, no, I think if I recall correctly, that was you. You said what the 
upper campus in the athletic department had allowed to happen to the Husky yes, football program. That's right. It was like someone had taken your hot wife and had right. sex with them or something. I can't remember. Stole your hot wife. Right. And then I said, well, to me, no, it's more like they, they took my hot wife, they stuffed her full of donuts and then poured acid on her face. That's right. And I was just, okay. that's right. <laughs> Why can I lose it again over that one? Good lord. <laughs> Just laughing the other day thinking about that when we talked about this podcast. I think, you know, put a lot of podding going on after that content. Um, but no, it's it's not quite that bad. I, probably unlike you, Derek, I've been a bit of more of an optimist over time, as you know. We've had some discussions, even with disagreements over that. Uh, do I think it's dead? No, but um, as with a lot of things, there's going to have to be a big correction on it. I even see some of my friends who live in District 3 uh, there in Seattle, who Savant, or whatever the hell her name is, is in charge of, uh, who voted for, being very, very angry. Things like that. People are just going to have to get angry, and things are going to have to change. And like you said, the, the Jimmy-like thing, the not recruiting thing, the COVID thing. It's a bad sign. It's a bad about sign. Recruiting. It's a bad sign. So that's, you know, our dear departed friends who did a lot of recruiting on our page. They're right. I mean, that is the prognosticator of a healthy program. It's the leading indicator in the statistics world. Well, I don't know if I agree with you on that, uh, but I'll agree to this extent. It's the only thing that we have to measure right now. That's true. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah. So, Other than Jimmy has, a good defensive coach. Because if we played – well, I don't even know if that's true because to me it seemed like we had a noticeable drop-off in the quality of our defense once Coach K was relegated to – uh, whatever, I don't remember what he was turned into. They, were, they both were co-assistants, basically. Right, but there was, uh, yeah, okay, so. Yeah, he was a defensive coordinator, then they were co-assistant head but coaches then, or whatever, however they termed it. Whatever but when the Jimmy started calling, I'm not saying he did a bad job, but it just seemed like. I, was, I, I hear what you're saying. There was, an in, there was something, I don't even know what word to put on it, but there was something that wasn't there. I guess I guess I was referring more to what he did with the secondary when he came yes. in and, and just the well, amazing. That's a giant feather in his cap. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Nobody can question his ability to coach the secondary and what he did with it. But, and, I, and I'm speaking as somebody that doesn't really follow recruiting that closely, so by no means am I trying to sit, uh, sit here and act like an expert or whatever. But if he, if Jimmy Lake was, uh, the other part of his reputation was that he was a great recruiter as an assistant coach. Okay. So I think that the belief or the hope was is that he was going to take that gusto as head coach with the, with the, with the larger platform, so to speak, and then be doing what Crystal Ball is doing right now down in Eugene. It's not happening. No, not at all. And so, yeah, I, 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 I like a lot of the influencers that we're talking about. They all have an effect, but a personality can always override that. Of course, I, I'm biased. I come from a profession where it really is all personality driven. All the great war movies you've seen. I just, I had my uh, a gal friend of mine watch Patton with me recently. She's in corporate America, and I said, "You got to watch this movie. This, this will help you kind of understand some things." And uh, I always preach that any given personality, especially in the American spirit, can change the outcome of anything, given the character of that person. And that's Jimmy Lake's job. I've seen, heard nothing indicating that I'm, I'm confident in that. I admit, when Chris Peterson came in, I would have I would have been in line to vote. I would I was really excited. Um, and I think he brought a lot of that to a very large extent. You and I had a conversation about how there was too much OKG and not enough maniacs, not enough war daddiness. Jeremiah Farms and Curtis Williams's and all that kind of thing. Um, I, I really believe that was his shortcoming in this program. 
Well, his inability to address the offense is uh, yes. also equally just, a big You just read my mind. Yeah, I, a guy who was supposedly an offensive genius and his inability to address that is just sty- it stymied me the last couple It was the years. one era you wouldn't think there would be an issue. Exactly. So, And as much as I loved him and I still have uh, mega respect for him sure. as a coach and as a human being, uh, I never, that's one of my biggest disappointments in being a Husky fan and a follower of the program closely over my course of my entire life is how did that happen? And some of the decisions he made with personnel, some of the, you know, Brown Sox issues, and, and some of the things I, I, about year three, I was going, huh? Yeah, I, I'm surprised at some of the and in-game decisions, clock management, some wild sweet at the goal line, I like Jeez. clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> you, wild sweet. You would even know what was coming before oh, third down or whatever. Oh you my know. god! Oh, thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> Ouch! Made me wish I. Drink a lot. Still. And, you, and you know what? Second and goal at the four-yard line and with the nation looking on. Let's run option with Jake Browning. Why don't we? You know? Why don't we do that? Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, but, I mean, that part there is kind of nitpicking or it whatever. Is. But, it uh, is. Um, so, you know, and then, again, if there's any Duke still listening to this, uh, they'd be Went to a Rose Bowl, went to Fiesta Bowl, and nothing's good enough for you except a national championship. That's right. And, um... I wouldn't say that, you know. No, that's right. But I would say that the issue that I had, well, like like many people ask me, why didn't you go to the Rose Bowl? And so many people went down there. And, uh, so many people that I know, so many friends of mine, and they were all just a big giant caravan in Pasadena, and they were so excited. Mm-hmm. And it was like I knew we were going to lose, and uh, that made you know, and that made me sound like I'm, uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck or whatever. But it's like. Um, I was just any serious program at this point in time would not have a Jake Browning at quarterback, you know, and it's just like, and the Penn State game, really, if Penn State wanted to win that game 48-14 to 14 or something, they could have. They got the lead, and then they just kind of played cruise control, and we we slap-fighted our way back into it, so we ended up only losing by 7 or 10 or whatever. But we never were going to win that game. You know, it's so. really sad. This is, this is probably the most telling uh, um, lagging indicator ever in the program's history, and you know kind of how I felt about it, a little bit about my history of the program, which before we wrap up, I want to bring something. Actually, I was going to put out there and uh, something important about my history of the program. But um, Tommy SQC, our mutual friend, when that whole thing was going down, he was begging me to go. He was like, come on, come on, come on. I was like, nah, I can't really afford it. I got to tell you, in prior years, when I was in my 20s, I had no money or any of that stuff for when I was a uh, when I wasn't deployed as a young army officer, I did whatever I could to take leave around bowl games. I would have hitched a ride. I actually did hitch a ride for one of the Husky appearances down there in my Texas. I, I did. I did. No problem. It was fun. It was great. Stayed on the floor of somebody's buddy's buddy. You know, in a horrible apartment off of Lafayette Boulevard in LA. Um, had a great time. I just really didn't want to put up the money or the time to go. How horrible is that? And it makes me feel kind of bad, but that's true. And actually, you and I have never talked about this, uh, so I didn't even know that uh, in regards to that you felt the exact same way. I did. Um, But I was just like... And it's pathetic, and of course, I watched on TV, and I had hopes and all that kind of stuff, but when it didn't happen, I I used to take, you know, back... Back in my 20s, especially when the Huskies would lose, or in high school, even junior high, when they'd lose, it ruined my fucking weekend. Oh, sure. It ruined my life. I mean, spill, for me, it'd spill over to the early to the next week. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was despondent. Um, 
And then when they, you know, that's a big game on a national stage, and Chris Peterson's got us back in the national line. It's like, here, you know, when my roommate, great guy, um, one of our Army roommate, we were lieutenants together at Fort Hood, Penn State grad. He was a huge Nittany Lion guy, and I was a huge, that was back when they were good. You know, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. And we'd go back and forth over who would win, heads up. And God bless Joe. You know what he did? Fucking cocksucker. He, uh, he actually sent me a little PM and said, dude, you don't know me, Salmon. It's cool. I'm like, asshole, I lost a bet. He actually felt bad for me because of what had happened to the program over the years since we were both national prominence and what had happened. And, gee, they recovered from that whole Sandusky thing. <laughs> it's amazing. You know? You know, it's and, amazing. Uh-huh. And I don't like them. And uh, I don't either. And even the things. I like Joe, but I hate his college. Joe. Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean, even if when you heard the details about how uh, the, the the pregame activities and the days leading up to the thing where Penn State, the Penn State coaches and the Washington coaches would be mingling and stuff, and the the way in which the things the Penn State coaches were saying to our coaches and stuff like that, it was very. Again, I'm hearing all this secondhand, but it's very arrogant, you know. Sure. And uh, it's just kind of like, uh, all right, you know, whatever. But, again, the, to just put a cap on what I'm talking about and what we're talking about in regards to the Rose Bowl, I watched on TV, and seeing us run out there, and you see the Washington painted in the uh, in the uh, end zone, and then you see mm-hmm. Ohio State in the other end zone, and to me it was equivalent of a BYU team from the 80s going up against uh, – and I'm not trying to make a reference to the uh, national championship thing from 84, but uh, just uh, what I'm trying to say is like, okay, the champion of the WAC is going to take on one of the big boys. That's how I felt Washington was going into that game against Ohio State. Interesting. It did not feel like a... Interesting. You know, okay, you know... Um, I don't know just, if I felt quite that way, but I see what you're saying. Sure. Just just for jollies, uh, throughout even my 30s sometimes, um, I would watch the opening minutes of the 92 Rose Bowl just to listen to Keith Jackson and how he would lay out what we were about ready to watch there and you know second ranked Washington and fourth ranked Michigan and the game we've all been waiting for and and uh, the snow on the San Gabriels and yada and you know all the things that he would do right right and the way that that whole thing set up and that felt oh, yeah. like and, and again I'm sound like the old guy now but uh, that was that felt like a clash of the Titans and where we belonged and it was you know meaningful um, and, and, and to me it just we felt it just again it felt like the whack champion going up against the uh, I don't want to keep repeating myself but felt like a whack champion going up against the Big Ten champion or whatever and then, we didn't, I and then I, I felt like we had a, maybe a 1 in 30 chance of winning that football game and that's you know plus Urban Meyer was on his way out the players weren't about ready to lose that game so yeah no I so I get, I get what you're saying um, although my mind did drift off I thought I, I might cobble together some key Jackson highlights and have that as my stroke of music. You imagine oh, that? Right well, I, I could try to open up. Nelly! <laughs> Boom! Oh yeah, big ugly is up front. <laughs> it's but, gonna uh, be my stroke music now. But, but I could be. Uh, I could see if I could when I when I go to launch this. I could see if I could put a little Keith Jackson at the there. You go. Um, anyways, I guess we'll, we'll start to wrap up now. But sure. uh, is there is there anything? We, this is not a very uplifting. Guys, I don't care how long you stay here, but can I just cash you out so I can oh, of uh, close out my oh, course. You bet. My treat. Are you sure? Yep. Oh, thank you. Keep this all on live. This is more authentic. Thank you for buying this, Coop. Really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thank you for the pension, everybody. Your hard tax earned dollars out there. <laughs> that allows me to do things like run up to North Bend on a Friday morning and have lunch with an old friend. Uh, 
Thank you, man. No, you bet. So, is there anything in conclusion? Uh, yeah, just one, and it's uh, it might sound dumb, but it's not. Well, this whole uh, this whole thing is. Oh, that's all right. Very, uh, it's, it's real, baby. It's real. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe we can do this again right here. They decide to actually play and all that. But uh, just a, just a little shout out. I hate that phrase, but uh, to somebody. Um, the reason I started watching Husky football. I was six years old, and I remember my mom, Johanna Kuhn. Johanna Terrell. I said that. Who can you edit that out? Say it again. I said, her, I said her last name. Well, if you don't mind, sure. Go ahead. But anyway, no, I'm, I'm totally joking. So she, uh, I just, I just want to put out a little memorial. She passed away about uh, three weeks ago. Um, she was in her 80s. She was a tough Bavarian woman who grew up, no kidding, remembering the Americans invading her village during World War II. Um, married an American soldier many years later and uh, came into this country. Lived a very tough life. A uh, little bit of an austere life, but she, uh, everybody loved Joni. She was a uh, South Dakota State bowling champion um, with a wicked left Brooklyn hook. Um, she ran a logger bar for 30 years um, and had the best reputation, a little five foot one redhead Bavarian gal. And in 1976, I remember uh, falling in love with the Huskies because she introduced me to uh, these guys like Spider Gaines and, and uh, oh, what was the name of the running, I'm having, a, I'm having an emotional moment so I'm not remembering. Um, the name of the running back that I, I loved. From, from the late the, 70s? Joe Steele? Yeah, Joe Steele, thank right. you. Joe Steele. And of course, Warren Moon and, and that whole game. Antoine Richardson. Exactly. Nesby and uh, we watched the Rose Bowl against Michigan yeah. on this little tiny black and white TV that she kept in the kitchen uh, where I lived as a kid in Ording, Washington. Um, it was cold that winter, I remember, because she had the stove open. We sat in front of the stove with this old black and white TV, and that's when I fell in love with the Washington Huskies. My mom, till the day she died, was a huge Husky fan. And um, Husky fan much longer than most of us fell in love with when they moved down here. And I just wanted to say, uh, just to give her just a quick hardcore Husky memorial. I, I am a mama's boy. I love my mom. I'll miss her. She's the only family I really have left. Thanks, guys. And she's day. one of the true blue original Huskies, and she's the one who got me uh, fall in love with the Huskies my whole life. Now, maybe I should be mad at her now. I'm kidding. But uh, she's the reason I started watching Husky football and fell in love because I love my mom and spent time in the kitchen watching the Huskies game so the old man could watch his news in the living room. So I just wanted to put that out there. So wherever you're at, tip one to my mom, Johanna. Well, I guess uh, that's a good note to end on. And um, so thank you for that. So sorry about, sorry about that too. So. All right, guys, we'll see you some, uh, sometime down the line.